Hello, friends. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast, a place where we tease apart what it means to be a conscious parent and a conscious human on the wild ride of parenting. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and mom walking the path right next to you as I imperfectly raise my own two teens. Joyful Courage is all about grit, growth on the parenting journey, relationships that provide a sense of connection and meaning, and influential tools that support everyone in being their best selves. Today's show is an interview, and I encourage you to listen for how grit shows up as my guest and I tease things apart. Thank you so much for listening. I am deeply honored to lead you. I am grateful that what I put out matters to you, and I am so, so stoked to keep it coming. Thank you for who you are and for being in the community. Enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. Today, I am super excited to be interviewing Alexandra Eden. Alexandra is the founder of Big Life Journal, a growth mindset company for children and teens. I'm sure you've heard of it. Alexandra's company specializes in creating practical tools to help parents and teachers integrate growth mindset into their children's everyday lives. Their guided journals are now used by over 500,000 children worldwide. When not creating journals, Alexandra is reading the latest research on brain science and the mind-body connection. Hi, Alexandra. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm so glad that you are here. Can you please share your story about finding yourself doing what you do? Yes. So I am currently (laughs) the chief creator, the founder of Big Life Journal. And I started Big Life Journal together with my husband. So we're actually co-founders and we started it in 2016 as one of the ideas that we worked on together. We worked on many different projects together. So it was born from our own need because we were at that time we were born with our pregnant with our first son. And both my husband and I are very much into personal development. So we read tons of books and we attended tons of courses and seminars and trainings and very much into understanding our brain and mindset and how it all impacts uh, success and happiness. So we wanted to translate it all into our children. And we didn't know how to do that exactly because all this big concepts are difficult to explain to a child. Mm -hmm. And that's how the idea was born. So how do we kind of get this personal development world or growth mindset world and put it into a child's language, into something they would understand and accept? And a journal was just a tool, right, to do that. So we started in 2016. We had a crowdfunding campaign and kind of started from there. And your team consists both of adults and children, right? I mean, you've got a team of kids who are going through your products and giving you feedback and offering some pretty valuable thoughts. Right now, it's kind of an informal team of all the children of our team members, but we Mm -hmm. are actually starting a formal kind of, we call it a big leaders club. And it is um, children that are not our own children. <laughs> they are from our community and uh, they're going to be children who will provide us feedback on everything that we make. And our goal is to make the resources very child-friendly. So it doesn't look like homework. It doesn't look like something they have to do, but something they want to do, because it's one of the biggest struggles that we see parents facing is that, mm-hmm. how do I get my child to do this? And they're so resistant and and, you know, I can't 
make them do anything. So we don't want to make them do anything. We just want them to want to do it. So that's why we're creating this club and it's going to be super fun and it's going to be real children giving real feedback to us. Yeah. Well, and I love that. And I think it moves us right into what you and I are going to focus on today, which is your new ebook that focuses on how to nurture our kids' growth mindset. And I was privileged enough to get to take a look at it and give it a read. And I know it's focused on parents helping kids to develop that growth mindset. And I couldn't help reading it through the lens of personal growth for the parent. I love that you mentioned you and your husband and your, you know, you showed up to parenting already having this interest and curiosity around personal growth. And I think for a lot of people, they come into parenting and realize, oh, I might need to actually engage in some personal growth as I move through this journey. But your book, it just really holds, you know, all the values that I speak of through Joyful Courage, which is growth, relationship and tools. And the examples you share a picture of what it looks like in real life. You've just done such a beautiful job of breaking everything down step by step. And it's all very respectful of both parent and child and sets up such a powerful space for connection. So you've been creating these journals over the years. What motivated you in writing this particular book? It was kind of uh, born out of need. And like you said, a lot of parents go into this and finding out resources and realize that they need to work on their own mindset. And the other kind of problem that this book is solving is how do we integrate growth mindset into our day-to-day life? How does it look like in in day-to-day? Because one of the parents said that I was talking to, she said, well, that's great, but I can't give my child a lesson on confidence and resilience on Sunday morning and not talk about it for the rest of the week. Like I need a daily practice. I need Mm -hmm. to know exactly what to do every single day in little moments every day. How do I respond to them? What questions do I ask? How do Mm -hmm. I react to them so that I cultivate that growth mindset? And that's exactly what this ebook is about. So it is to help parents, you know, who need the tools, who need to know what to do day to day, who need the talking scripts, who need Mm -hmm. to like see the examples. How does it look like Mm -hmm. when my child is throwing a tantrum or like they're super upset, they keep going. What do I say? So it's growth mindset because the other thing is what I hear sometimes is a parent would say, well, I thought I was doing growth mindset, but I wasn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? So there's a lot of confusion out there and parents are really trying so hard and it's, you know, we just want to help. And it's a very affordable resource um, that is kind of giving you step-by-step directions basically. Yeah. And I love that that parent had, you know, it already says something about that parent that she could recognize, oh, this isn't a one-time conversation. This is an ongoing way of being with my child to develop over time this way of being for them. I love that because I think that often parents, you know, even as we are really wanting our to develop this in our kids, we might not realize that we're actually sitting in a fixed mindset, right? And mm-hmm. I think that when we believe that, you know, I told them once, what's their problem? And then yeah. we get frustrated and discouraged. We don't realize that we ourselves are sitting inside of a stuck 
fixed mindset. So let's just deconstruct growth mindset. And I'd love to know how people are misunderstanding it. What are the myths? And you talk about this a little bit in the book too. Yeah. I mean, growth mindset has been around for quite some time and it was developed by Dr. Professor Carol Dweck and she is the Stanford psychologist. She is still doing a lot of work studying mindsets. So what she said was there are two types of mindsets, a growth and a fixed And a growth mindset is when you believe that you are capable of changing and learning new things and Mm -hmm. developing yourself throughout your entire life. And you're essentially are able to kind of mold yourself into whatever you want to be. And a fixed mindset is the opposite is when we're thinking that we have set skills and set abilities and we kind of born a certain way and we are good at something and we're not good at other things. So it's kind of like putting yourself into a framework and saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And, you know, so it is, as you can see the difference, I mean, certainly it's much more beneficial to have a growth mindset, mm-hmm. but it's not just a wishful thinking or positive thinking. It is based on science of brain science and neurogenesis and neuroplasticity and the fact that our brain does change throughout the entire life. And we are capable of wiring and rewiring our brain and changing different patterns in our brain and changing ourselves completely. And not only from intelligence perspective, but all sorts of things, relationships and Mm -hmm. your character and your personality and like your even athletic ability. So humans are, and the brain is just fascinating. So growth mindset is understanding the power of your brain and your mindset. I love that. You know, I know this book was written for parents talking about their kids and I just can't help but but like see the parallels too because so many of, you know, I feel like Big Life Journal and this conversation, it definitely fits underneath this umbrella of positive parenting, right? Mm -hmm. And many of us are coming out of childhood experiences and early young adulthood experiences you know, with whatever kind of conditioning we have. And then we have our kids and we decide, okay, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way. This is the way that feels right to me. And then we find ourselves bumping up against that conditioning. And what you just said about growth mindset reminds me of how powerful it can be for parents to recognize, to truly recognize that no matter what you're coming into parenthood with, and I speak primarily to parents with adolescent kids. And, you know, even sometimes that's when it lands of like, oh, personal growth is being called (laughs) right now. You know, there is always room for you as a parent to grow and develop and learn and shift and be who you need to be so that the environment that you're holding space for with your kids and the questions you're asking and the relationship you're nurturing is one where they can also be developing growth mindset. So... I mean, I just, as I read through your book that I just kept coming back to that again and again, what a gift it is both to be as a tool for parents in developing their kids' growth mindset, but also such a beautiful example of how we adults aren't done growing either. Yeah, exactly. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every 
meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Some parents that we talk to, they say, well, if only I knew about this, if only I had known about growth mindset when I was in my 20s or my teens, (laughs) whatever my life would have been like. If (laughs) only! And we realize that how powerful this understanding is, and you could just think about, you know, think what maybe you would have taken more risks and you would have tried different risks, perhaps. Right, exactly. <laughs> and tried new things, you know, because even I yeah. was for a very long time, I was for some reason defining myself as a finance professional and I was in finance for 10 years. And I don't know why I got this idea, you know, because I really didn't enjoy it that much, but I went to school, I went and got my master's, I got an MBA and then I had this, you know, different jobs. And then suddenly I just realized I wasn't very interested in that. But the fact that I was kind of like defining myself, oh yes, I'm in finance and this is what I do. And I wasn't mm-hmm. looking anywhere else. And I think most of my twenties, I probably had a pretty fixed mindset mm-hmm. myself. And then kind of like getting out a realization and getting out of it was quite a process. And I can mm-hmm. certainly relate to anyone who is realizing it and kind of trying to transition from a fixed to a more growth mindset. Yeah. It's not easy for sure. But then again, like whatever you're going through, modeling them to your children and showing the process to your children is super valuable. And 
you know, sharing your steps and your thinking process and what you're learning and how you're going outside your comfort and into stretch zone and all these things are so, so important. Yeah. The modeling of the human experience is so powerful for our kids to see like, oh, it's messy and grownups make mistakes. And, you know, I'm someone who is pretty extroverted. And uh, I remember we moved to a new city not too long ago and there was this like knitting crochet group thing happening in my neighborhood and I was like you know I think I'm gonna go and then that night I was really nervous to just show up to a group of people that I didn't know and I think my kids have this idea that I don't ever feel nervous just because of the way I present myself to the world and so I made a point to speak into my nerves and like I feel weird walking into a room full of people I don't know. But you know what, you guys, I'm going to do it anyway because maybe my next best friend is going to be in this room. She wasn't, but (laughs) (laughs) it was still an opportunity. So you talk in the beginning of the book, you highlight seven practices that lead to a growth mindset. And I, again, I think that they're so powerful for all of us. Can we just quickly go through them a bit? The first practice is being process-oriented versus outcome-oriented. And that's important in all areas, including how we talk to our children and how we're praising them or how we're giving them feedback Mm -hmm. and just what we're paying attention to, right? And we also talk about the learning goals versus performance goals. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are (laughs) trying to teach their children goal setting, which is great. And if we also can teach them to set learning goals, meaning that my goal is to learn this and my goal is to get this skill and my goal is to improve here, not necessarily pass the test or win this championship. You know what I mean? So there's a difference there for sure. The second one is say yes to rejection. And we always say that if you want to live a big life or if you put in anything out there for anyone to see, you should expect to be rejected Mm -hmm. by someone, right? And that's what we need to tell our children. So rejection is not a bad thing. It's just an indication. It's an evidence that you are putting your things out there and, you know, for people to see and you're trying to live your full life. Mm -hmm. Learning the art of receiving feedback and the feedback is a big part of a growth mindset. Yeah. And it is how we receive the feedback. And not a lot of people love receiving feedback. And it's usually kind of like people go into undefensive, right? Mm -hmm. And now with children too, you can even see young children, they don't like being given feedback. But at the same time, we can explain that a growth mindset is assumes that you can listen to feedback, reflect on it, think about it. Is it true? Is it not? What am I supposed to learn from this? And kind of like, how can I get stronger and more resilient? Alexandra, I'm just going to interrupt you really quick because I realize there's an art to receiving feedback. I know for me, that's a lifelong lesson. Mm-hmm. Whether it's positive feedback, I'm really good at like talking like, oh, well, you don't really know, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, growth feedback, you know, can feel like, oh, you don't like me. So I'm also wondering, so that's my own personal work, but there is also the art of delivering feedback as well. You know, do you have anything just real quick for parents that are listening yes. around the delivery? Yes, we have a huge section in the ebook about how to deliver feedback to your child. And I would just say for me, what really works with my oldest son is when I speak in terms of what works for me, when I say I instead of you, because as Mm -hmm. soon as we say you, you did this or you did this, oh, look at what you did. You know, that's where they go into this fight or fight mode, right? That's where they start to shut down. They don't want to listen. Mm -hmm. If you reframe it and say, well, you know, this is what works for me. This is when I do this, this is how it works. 
works, right? Mm -hmm. So that works for me very well in my family, but we do provide tons of suggestions on how to deliver feedback to your child. Yeah. And we have one in positive discipline that we love called connect before correct. (laughs) And I like my daughter's 18 and she's doing some work for my business and creating graphics. And I have to be very thoughtful in how I respond when I need her to make a change. You know, I always start with, you know, gratitude and pointing out what is working, what I like, and then offering the places where I'd like for her to make some tweaks or some changes because I can feel, granted, we're also in a mother-daughter slash boss employee relationship, which is messy in and of itself, but I can feel the tension and the energy between us when I have to say, oh, you're almost there, you know, let's just tweak it this way or that way. Yeah. So I'm glad that the book covers that as well. Okay. Number four. Number four is when we are making a habit of learning new things. And it's, again, all about brain science, because when we do learn new things, we kind of exercise our brain, right? So it is super important for your brain health to do that and for cognitive health. And in terms of children, you know, some children are they don't like to be exposed to new things because of the fear of failure or them not being able to perform or not knowing what to do, what to say, and what are the rules and, you know, all these things. So we cover, you know, how do you prep your children, so to say, what are the small things you can do to improve the success of them trying a new mm-hmm. thing or going into a new environment. And then number five, we talk about embracing uh, struggle in adversity and what a, kind of like doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how we grow, right? So kind of looking for challenges and overcoming challenges and growing from that and, you know, going to that stretch zone and trying new things. And again, that can be done on purpose so that we can increase and improve our potential. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about comparing ourselves to ourselves only. I love uh, that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> adults. <laughs> well, and adults too, but oh my gosh, my son, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I face all these things in my parenting every single mm-hmm. day. He's so competitive. He can always compares himself and to us and to other friends. And, you know, usually my phrase is, well, you know, how did you do last time? And, you know, how did you improve? And how did you feel? I try to always bring it back to him mm-hmm. and his emotions, his feelings. And so that he can remember what he did last time. And was it improvement? Was it not? But it's quite difficult. But at the same time, you know, as social beings, we'll always compare ourselves to others. That's not going to go away. But at the same time, we can compare ourselves, but not in a detrimental way, right? So Mm -hmm. not to beat ourselves down, not to shame ourselves, but more about, well, this person is doing great and what an inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. And then the last one is engaging in deliberate practice. And deliberate practice is a concept that I recommend to everyone to look up and understand what it means, because we do say that, you know, as long as you practice, as long as you work hard, you will succeed. And that's not necessarily always the truth because Mm -hmm. effort does not equal time, you know, and effort does not equal progress. There are different types of practices that you can engage in, your child can engage. If they're doing the same thing over and over again, let's say, I'll give you an example. If they're trying to memorize a word, right? If they are learning a foreign language, let's say Spanish, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to memorize Spanish words and they repeat the words again, again, again for 20 minutes over and over, and then they're done. And it looks like they 
kind of memorized it, but then they walked away and half an hour later, you can ask them and they don't remember. Right. So that kind of practice is not as effective as other different types of practices where you create challenges around learning, integrate learning into real life or have them repeated with different intervals. And instead of repeating one word for 10 times, you would have them repeat 10 words. So there is a whole science and how right. you need to learn things. Plus, if you let's say a doctor and you practice, you keep practicing the same thing for 10 years, doing the same thing, mm-hmm. the same process, the same treatments. And you know, that's not a deliberate practice. That's just a naive practice, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not improving as a doctor per se, as a professional in that sense, you're just keep doing the same thing. So when you say I had 10 years of practice, then I would like to know what kind of practice did you actually have, right? How much did right. you learn? How much did you expand and stretch your abilities and new things you learned? And did you have a mentor? Did you, you know, read new research? like all these different things, right? Right. And that makes me just think about like, there's so many variables when it comes to life. And, you know, I'm thinking about my own practice and how I speak into it with parents. And, you know, when everything's going really well and my people are all pretty agreeable, I don't actually get a lot of time to practice Mm -hmm. because it's not being invited. It's easy. We're going through the motions. I can be curious. I can be encouraging. I can do all the things. It's when my day, my child, my partner, something shows up and goes sideways. That's really when the practice I think about Michael Phelps and he does laps over and over and over again in the pool when he's alone and he's practicing, he's learning the muscle memory and then it's the Olympics and there's the other people in the pool and there's the crowd and there's the pressure and there's all the things, but because he's done it over and over and over again, he's going to be ever better at navigating when the stakes are higher. And so I love that deliberate practice. It's something that I speak into a lot with parents, just in the growth mindset of, you know, the messiness of parenting is not an indication that everything's going wrong. It's simply what it looks like. And if we can choose in when it's hard, the way that we choose in when it's less difficult, the better Mm -hmm. the outcome. And it's the process. It's the process. And it shows up again and again and again, right? It's not Mm -hmm. just like, okay, and now we've mastered that. (laughs) So I won't see, you know, defiance, disrespect, back talk ever again. No, that is not the reality of the situation. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you highlight in the book comfort zone versus stretch zone. As I keep mentioning, I really focus in a lot on the parent experience and I'm often sharing my own stretch zones. I think that the stretch zone really shows up on the parenting journey when the narrative we're holding is challenged. So in my experience, my listeners have heard me talk about my daughter and her, you know, she had some struggles with mental health. She opted out of high school and got her GED. Like there's been plenty that has come up that I didn't even realize I was holding as a narrative. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're going to take this kind of turn. So in like just anyone coming into the teen years, once we're really honest about recognizing how much control we really have. Again, growth mindset opportunities are endless. And I'm curious if this is a place where parents are creating their own struggle because they come into parenting having a fixed mindset 
about behavior and their kids and what their kids should be doing. Does that show up in your community? Do you see that much? Yeah, I mean, I know how difficult teen years are and I don't have teenagers, but we do have a journal for teens and I have Mm -hmm. worked with teens to create the journal with professionals who work with teens. But at the same time, if you start this work, hopefully before they are teens, right? So that's the goal, that's right? The but goal. If <laughs> but <laughs> all is not lost, parents. All is not lost. But Alexandra's exactly. going to tell you that. <laughs> There's hope. You know, what's interesting because of course, teens don't, you know, they don't listen to parents and all these things. And they don't, when you start, when suddenly you decide they need a growth mindset, that's probably not going to go very well. Right. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I would say two things. One is what we find is teens do respond uh, somewhat okay to the science portion of it. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of like put away all the emotional stuff and how it can benefit them, you know, just the science part. So understanding Mm -hmm. the brain, the power of the brain and how thoughts and how visualization, this is all science, right? So even when you spoke about Michael Phelps, I remembered how he does a lot of visualization. Mm -hmm. And when he was competing at some one, I don't remember exact time, but he couldn't see because of his goggles were fogged or something. He was able to still complete the whole swim because he visualized it so many times. Mm -hmm. The brain knew what to do. And it's remarkable. So you can just, you know, with this kind of examples of like, this is the power of your brain. This is so remarkable. So I would go there, right? And then the other thing is I would still model, but being vulnerable in terms of your own experiences with them, right? And opening up to them, kind of like, what are you going through when you're learning things and kind of like barking on new projects and this is what's happening and I'm overwhelmed. And, but then I do these things when I'm overwhelmed, right? And you know, even if you think that they're not listening, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're tuning you out, we have seen time again, that parents come to us and say, oh my God, I can't believe this. He was listening this entire time. <laughs> the fact that he told me this today, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and we see this over and over again. And even if they don't necessarily go into, you know, kind of play back the growth mindset to you in their teen years, they will remember when they're, you know, their twenties and their thirties. Yeah. Absolutely. They will remember. So it's all worth it. That's my point. (laughs) Yeah. Trust the process, right? That's a big mantra. Definitely. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. 
Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk a little bit about temperament because there is some wiring that our kids show up with. Have you done any studying around how temperament can come into play and how do you advise parents to be with the child they have? Children are very different and, Mm -hmm. you know, the strategies that we give in the book, there are general strategies, but you have, as you read through the book, you know, your child well, so you would know, okay, well, this is not going to work with my son, Mm -hmm. you know which is fine. But at the same time, we want you to approach it with a growth mindset and give it a chance, right? Right. But you know, what's interesting is, yes, children are different. And the more we accept them as they are, Mm -hmm. and it is difficult, I know, because, you know, my son, the oldest son does have a, you know, he's a wild child. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, when I accept him as he is, and I give him space for his temperament, his emotions, Mm -hmm. and it's hard, I know it's hard. Like two hours after him screaming, you're like, just, you know, I can't do this anymore. Right. But I know it. But at the same time, this is so critical and so important for their emotional health. And the more you welcome this, the more you welcome their temperament, the more you welcome their emotions, the less they're going to show it to you in the way that they process and they don't have anything stored inside. Mm -hmm. So you're given the child you're given. Right. And the best thing you can do as a parent is to love them unconditionally. That's the best thing you can do. And I also say it in the book at the end is there are children when parents start teaching them growth mindset and different strategies and trying to mm-hmm. teach them and know how to approach life and setbacks. Some children start feeling that parents don't accept them as they are mm-hmm. and they want to change them. And there's something wrong with me. And my mommy doesn't want me to be this way. She thinks I need to change. So that's a slippery slope, right? So we need to make sure. sure that the way that we deliver this information does not send this message. So we still love them. They're perfect as they are. There's nothing wrong with them. And what we can say is that I want to help you develop your superpowers. I want to help you realize how powerful and great you are already, right? So you can do whatever you want to do in life. And that's kind of like the message that you want yeah. to send I love that. And I just want to offer to anyone who's listening who maybe is realizing they've been on the slippery slope. I know I've lived on the slippery slope that Alexandra's talking about. It is super powerful to go to your kids when you've realized like, you know, I may have been sending a message that I want them to be different than who they are. And let's just go to our kids again, using that vulnerability that you're speaking into, Alexandra, especially when our kids are older, like teenagers and really own that, you know, and it can sound like I've really been pushing you towards X, Y, or Z. And we've been having all these conversations. And I wonder if it feels like I want you to be a different person than you 
actually are. And like, just pull back the curtain and open up the space for your kids to be able to say, yeah, it really hurts my feelings or yeah, it does feel like that. And then, you know, the beautiful thing about kids being older and really holding this non-judgmental neutral space is they will open up and begin to share, especially when we come with humility Mm -hmm. and recognize where we've gotten it wrong. And maybe not. Maybe the answer is like, no, I'm good. It's okay. It's just annoying. And you know, you never know the feedback that you're going to get from your kids. But I think that once you realize you've made perhaps, and even our younger kids, you know, opening space to say, I wonder, you know, how does it feel when I tell you you know, to try it a different way or when I offer you ideas about having more of a growth mindset and just letting them speak into it. And really the whole point is you get to gather more information about your child and how they're experiencing you and your feedback. And I talk about this a lot. I think parents make a lot of assumptions about their kids without actually going to the source and saying, hey, I'm wondering, do you feel like this? (laughs) versus just, I know you feel like this and that's why you're acting like this. And it's, you know, and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. So based on what you just said, I have three questions that I ask my son on regular basis and I highly recommend asking your children on regular basis is what should I stop doing? What should I start doing? And what should I keep doing? Mm. And you would be amazed by the answers you get from your child. Yeah, That's how you will reveal what's on their heart. You know, they can say, mommy, I want you to stop telling this. And even sometimes my son says something that I, you know, say to my husband once and he doesn't like me saying that, you know, they're watching everything. It's just remarkable, right? So, and that's how you can get to know your child. And then you will say, yeah, I want you to keep, you know, tucking me in at night or whatever, saying this to me or whatever. So they know what they want, right? So try these three questions and start. And maybe initially they will look at you like if you're a crazy person because they've never asked them before. Maybe try try with one question first. Mm -hmm. But then like make it a routine and kind of something that you do on a regular basis. And imagine when you have teens, right? If they are able to tell you honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, the answers to those three questions, I mean, they could transform your relationship. For sure. And parents of teens, you get to be in your own humility and you get to receive the feedback. (laughs) Sometimes we're open in a box that doesn't always feel great, but I love that. And I love that your work, starting with this book and even this conversation, Alexandra, it's so easy to take no matter the age or stage of your child. Like this is such a rich conversation for everyone. And I even see those three questions in different contexts. So for my son, you know, when it comes to the conversations we're having about school, he's fully remote learning. And so asking those three questions in the context of school with my daughter, you know, kind of reflecting on our boss employee relationship and asking Mm -hmm. those three questions. And, you know, even with my husband, who's, you know, on his own health journey that I'm supporting him through that I can see those questions being really valuable inside of that relationship too. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, So good. Yay. So I always end my interviews with the same question and I would love to know from you, Alexandra, what does joyful courage mean to you? It means to be brave to do whatever you want to do in life and kind of taking the step of into unknown and, you know, kind of creating the life that you want to live. Right. So mm-hmm. first step would be to understanding what kind of life you want to live. And I know that it's actually not an easy step to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. visualize your ideal life. What can it look like? But then, you know, that's the joy part of it. And then the courage is to actually do it. Yeah, I love that. 
please share where people can find you and Big Life Journal and this amazing new ebook of yours. Yeah, so bigloveJournal.com, that's where we reside. And then we have a newsletter, which always welcome everyone to sign up for because we provide weekly growth mindset activities and printables for free. And uh, we also provide parenting, growth mindset parenting tips. So super valuable. And Mm -hmm. also if you are on Facebook, we also have a private Facebook group, which is called Raising Kids with a Growth Mindset. And it's also super helpful. Yeah. And I follow you on Instagram. I love, you know, the nice thing about your work and the work of your company is it's not only really valuable content, but every single time it is displayed visually. So it's such a visual invitation too. So mm-hmm. props well, to you. your graphic designers. <laughs> Thanks so much. We have a lot of them. Yes. Yeah, but they're doing a good job. And so then the ebook, is the ebook on the website or where can people find that? Yes. It is okay. on the website. Yep. Okay, great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being in conversation with me. This was so great. Thank you, Casey. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for listening. If you feel inspired and you haven't already, do me a favor and head over to Apple Podcast and leave a review. We are working super hard over here to stand out and make a massive impact on families around the globe. Your review helps the Joyful Courage podcast to be seen by even more parents. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also follow Joyful underscore Courage on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. We love connecting with you on social media. And don't forget to sign up to help me with some research as I create even better offers for you, offers that you want. Sign up to talk to me at www.joyfulcourage.com slash research. Love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.